Hello, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., as in Frank, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, October 20th, 2020, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 1, Bill's Story on page 12. We will be reading and commenting on the second and third paragraphs on page 12, which begin with, My friend suggested and end with, In the Sunlight at Last. Today's readers are Yvette L., Lauren N., Katie G., Lisa H., and Carmela G. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, October 19, 2020, are 15,572 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. That's 15572. And 15,574 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. That's 15574. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Yvette L. to read the OA 12 Steps. Good morning. Uh, My name is Yvette L. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Uh, The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Yvette L. I will now ask Lauren N. to read the OA 12 tradition. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, visionaries. Lauren N., compulsive overeater, sugar addict from New York. The 12 traditions of compulsive over, uh, sorry, um, of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our common purpose, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants that do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any uh, unrelated facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers should may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or communities directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need Always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communications. And 12, the anonymity is, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren, and how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, 
and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, and we are in Chapter 1, Bill's Story, on page 12. We will be reading and commenting on the second and third paragraphs on page 12, which begin with, My Friend Suggested, and end with, In the Sunlight at Last. I will now ask Katie G to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning, Rebecca, Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. My friend suggested what then seemed a novel idea. He said, why don't you choose your own conception of God? That statement hit me hard. It melted the icy intellectual mountain in whose shadow I had lived and shivered many years. I stood in the sunlight at last. You know, for many years, I thought that... um. I was in the food because I had a step two issue um, because I couldn't believe in God and I had to somehow define and understand and create God. I created one ads for God. I did all this talking about God. And what I've been taught over the years, thank you, God, is that um, I have a step one issue, right, and that the steps and God meet me where I am. So I have no power, no choice, and no control around the food. If that is true, then by definition, there is a power greater than me because there's something else going on, and agnostics is going to talk to us about that. So when I was in the food saying I had a step two issue, I was overlooking the foundation of our program, which is total dark powerlessness, no power, no choice, and no control around the food, and and that I didn't need to create God. You know, I love that it says, choose my own concept of God, and it's in squiggly writing, so it's really important, and it brings Bill to the sunlight. So what I think is important is when I conceived children, right, I did not conceive toddlers. An embryo grew inside me, and I'm sorry if this is an offensive metaphor, an embryo, and it had all everything it needed to become a toddler, to become a grown-up, right? But I didn't need to be impregnated with a toddler. That's not how it works. So step two, choose your own conception of God. Get out of your head, Katie. Stop analyzing the Buddhists and the Christians and the Orthodox Jewish and all those beautiful religions, you get to say, okay, God's going to meet you where you are. Simple idea. And for me, it was like, oh, praise God. Okay, so God is love. God is patience. God is tolerance. God is with me. And over time, in the process of uncovering, discovering, and discarding, not creating God, going through the steps, because if I created God in step one, I would have a Santa Claus. I'd be like, God, you do this. I don't want to do the work. Let me eat. Let me do what I want now, right? So God has disclosed himself to me through the, through the process of the steps. 
And I can say now for me, God is an experience and I don't need to understand or comprehend. And there are things that through continued abstinence and continued working the steps have come to me. Walking through difficult, dark times for me, I no longer believe everything happens for a reason. For me, God is with me through the dark times, through the beautiful times, and God is going to carry me. And there are times that of great suffering that God looks at me and is crying and holding my hand and there for me. Right? God, le- God led me to this human experience. And what is so important, and I'll wrap up with this, is the main problem is in my mind. So my intellectual icy mountain is going to bring me away from God. I do not need to define him. I just need a concept. And there I go. That's all I need. And with that, I pass. Well, thank you, Katie G. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you would like to share on the second and third paragraph on page 12 in the big book, my friend suggested through In the Sunlight at Last, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Julia S. Christina J. I heard Christina. Julie M. Was it Julie M.? Yes. Amanda B. Oh, sorry. Was it Amanda B.? Yeah. Kathy S. Kathy S or F? S. As in Sam. Yes, sorry. Linda D. Linda D. Joanne N. Joanne N. Rachel K. Rachel K. Okay, I think we better stop there. I have seven names, and if you said your name and I didn't catch it, maybe you could try on the next round. I have Christina J., Julie M., Amanda B., Kathy S., Linda D., Joanne N., and Rachel K. Christina J., it's your turn. Oh, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. It's Amanda B. Yeah. I won't be able to share, um, so you can take okay, me off Okay, Amanda My kids are coming down. Right. Sorry about that. Okay, sure. Christina Jay. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Wow, 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 wow. I'm so excited to be at this part. It took me a long time to get this because I had quite an ego about my God. Uh, when we got to this, when I first got to this, oh, sorry, I'm Christina Jay from the state of Washington. When we first got to this, when I first got to it in the first reading with my sponsor, I was like, I don't have to choose a conception. I have one. I had one all my life. I related heavily to it. I felt it in my heart, I felt it in nature, I felt it now and coming, now and again. But I had something else in my life, too. I had a self-centered pacifier, a pacifier of self-centeredness, selfishness, and uh, it had my willpower in it, and I sucked on that thing all my life. And this was my dream, it had everything in it, and uh, it was in the way of God. So my ego was like, I have my own conception of God, I'm fine, it's great. But, you know, why couldn't I get this program? Why couldn't I surrender my life? I didn't even know I wasn't surrendering my life. It was just a big, fat mystery. And uh, two years ago, as I stood on my porch on my 60th birthday uh, in November, it's coming up, my 62nd's coming up, the rain was there coming, and it was early in the morning, and I just wept. I wept because my life was not happening. My dreams that I'd had all my life that I chased, um, 
trying to break down every door in my life to get to my dreams. They weren't happening. They were happening in small ways, but nothing like I, I thought, God, why aren't you opening the heavens and blessing me with what you want? I know what you want me to have. What an ego I had. And that morning I walked back into my chair and I sat there and I, rem- I realized what I wasn't doing. I wasn't letting God run my life. This was the beginning of the sunlight of the Spirit for me. And this morning in contemplation, in my meditation, I had some wonderful sunlight of the Spirit come in, just a joy. I can live in one side of my head or the other. The negativity of fears of the past, of fears of the future, it's so dark, so glum, so depressing. Or I can say, oh, wait, I have this other thing over here. Let me not go into the disease thinking. Let me turn to you, God, and surrender all that negative crap that doesn't even matter today and surrender to you and invite your sunlight of the Spirit in, which is always there. What's in the way of it? Me. So I, my, my icy intellectual mountain of self-centeredness, sucking on that pacifier that's worn out, is, is fading away, and it's faded over the last two years. And today I sit here in full neutrality around food and working on that neutrality around my emotions. I surrender and accept the gifts he has for me daily. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Christina J. Julie M. Hi, good morning. This is Julie M. Recovered in Colorado. And this is uh, my favorite line in the entire book. Why don't you choose your own conception of God? Um, Because if it wasn't for this, I would not have membership in this program. And this program has saved my life. I remember the first time I worked step two and it was somewhere between step two and step three that I realized why I was having such difficulty. And it's because it's not, it's not because I was raised without God and I was, I was raised in a family where um, my stepdad used to say, you know, people who go to church and, they're they're all sheep and they're all just followers and none of them have any self-will and um it wasn't because I was never taken to church it, I I didn't know religion at all but that's not why I struggled so much I I was raped when I was 12 and when I worked the steps the first time I remember having this huge awareness that if if there's no god and that happened to me, somehow I can get through life. If, if, if I have to believe there's a God and that happened to me, then I must be worth less than, than if there's no God at all. So I, and I realized that I had given this, this man who did this to me when I was a child, I had given him my whole life. I, it affected me as a woman, as a mother, as a, as a, any part of my life. And this was 30 years later. He probably didn't even remember who I was or anything about me, but I was still giving him all my power. And I just, I was so stuck there. And my, my sponsor said, you always had a higher power. You just were never taught to connect. And I, I grabbed onto that as if my life depended on it because I saw the people in the rooms who were healthy and had healthy relationships with with food and I wanted what they had. And I knew that I had to somehow find God. And 
I didn't have religion. I didn't have anything. And so this line saved my life. Why don't you choose your own conception of God? Now, that wasn't easy for me to come to. The word God used to stick in my mouth. I couldn't say it for years. I couldn't even say higher power. I used to write HP on my hand to remember to go there. The closest I could get was Mother Nature. And so I'm so grateful that in this book, it can be universal mind or spirit of nature, creative intelligence. It can be whatever. And creating my own my own belief in God was challenged me for years. But today I do believe in God. I surrender. I can say the word easily. Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful because this is what has saved my life. And I had no idea that that's what this book was about, was a spiritual Thanks. program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Julie M. from Colorado. Kathy S. Good morning, Rebecca. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Georgia. And um, I just wanted to share my experience with this paragraph. My sponsor um, actually changed the question just a little bit, asking me who did I need God to be and what did I need from God for recovery. And um, so I asked God to set aside everything I thought I knew for an open mind and a new experience. And I just wanted to share what I wrote. Dear God, I pray that you will inspire me even now because I really don't know. Wisdom regarding my food, my food plan, working the steps, handling relationships, and knowing my truth. Faith in that wisdom and freedom from self-doubt and questioning what I believe. Courage to live out my truth, detached from the fear of the opinions of others. Love that comforts me in the form of assurance, acceptance, delight even, that you are celebrating my true self living out loud in freedom. Trust that you will send who I need, what I need, when and how I need for as long as I need. Power to live recovery every day. Grace to love myself and others well. Evidence of your presence everywhere. Comfort in this process of dying to self and becoming humble, content, and one of many. Truth and revelation of it to guide me. Protection from the enemy's tactics of discomfort, doubt, resentment, condemnation, selfishness, dishonesty, and fear. Memories of your faithfulness, grace, and provision. I need you to be real, known, connected, and to never let me go or cut me loose. I need you to be my shepherd to make me lie down in green pastures of provision, safety, and comfort, and to lead me to still waters of peace and satisfy my thirst and my true needs while restoring my soul with healing. I need you to work all things together for my good. I need you to be God to my husband and family, to soothe all my hurt and fear. I need you to be more in and through my life and to give me power and purpose that you would strengthen me and pour your love into me to tear down walls, break chains, and open my life as a full access channel to send your love and glory out into the world. This list is by no means complete, but it was a beginning, and God simply answered with, I am, Kathy. And today I'm recovered, having believed that God is everything on this list and more, and working the steps and living in 10, 11, and 12 daily. So faith, action, and God has brought new life, promises, and miracles 
It's brought recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy S. from Georgia. Linda D., before you share, Linda D., I just want to let anyone who got on the line late know that we read the second and third paragraph on page 12, my friend suggested to sunlight at last. Go ahead, Linda D. Hi. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. from Meriden, Connecticut. Wow, what fantastic shares. Um, I'll try to keep this simple. Um, the line, why don't you choose your own conception of God? When I came in to the program, it's a long time ago, um, I really came in for all the reasons that people do, or at least I did at that time. I wanted to look good and get the right guy and all that stuff. And um, I look good and probably could get the right guy now. But uh, I stayed because my life was threatened. I didn't quite know it, and, and, and in short order, I did know it. And um, I had a gift, and I happened to overhear something, and that, is, uh, that really opened the door for me. Uh, the, what I overheard was, I don't know who said it, um, you can ask God, uh, show me that you're real beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I thought, and I didn't believe in God, and I thought, can you do that? And uh, so I did it. And uh, and look for coincidences. You can say it, say it often, and look for coincidences. And um, I was in a 12 step. I was in OA. And uh, through the 12 steps, through all these years of growth, because I've been here a long, long time, and I am recovered quite a while now, um, I have a life second to none, and there's a lot of poo-poo in it, just like everybody else's. I think the thing is, I said this morning to myself, this is my agenda for today. I'm going to, and then I remembered, no, Linda, no, you're not. Either God is, either your life is in your hands, and I look at my hands, or it's in God's hands, metaphorical hands. And that's what's going to work. Because when I was very little, all I wanted to be was loved and safe. And now I know I'm loved and safe. safe. But I have to keep connected. And this, this program, these steps, rigorously worked day after day, have given me such a beautiful life, despite all the crap we all go through. And some of it's pretty dramatic right now. Um, and here's the prayer I said to God, and I say it often, I wrote it down. God, divine, please take me out of spiritual ignorance, whatever you want to teach me about you, about me, and about the universe. And I leave that there. That's big, and I really need this help, and I pass. Thanks, Linda G. from Connecticut. Joanne N. Hi, my name is Joanne N. Uh, and I'm calling in from Fallen in Sweden, where it's snowing today. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for service and thanks so much for the share so far. It's 
been wonderful to listen to all your experiences. Uh, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, this paragraph is uh, it's really beautiful. And uh, when I came, when I first came to the rooms, I uh, thought that I was an atheist and uh, that I was going to have problems with uh, working these steps because it it says God in them a lot. <laughs> uh, but I had been beaten to a pulp by this disease and I had really surrendered and I had had a first step experience. So uh, coming to step two, I could see that this program really worked in others. I couldn't deny it. And uh, with that, I, I, could, I could have a, a concept of God. And uh, with that, I was, was on my way. Uh, and before I knew it, I was at step three, uh, putting my life in, in the hands of a loving God. And uh, then I started working step four, uh, doing my inventory. And through the steps, I got to experience God. Um, and uh, I got to experience God uh, by getting my sanity back. I, I have been a compulsive reader for as long as I remember. And uh, I'm also a recovered alcoholic and drug addict, but food was my, my, uh, my first drug. Uh, and also the last one. <laughs> I, when I came to rooms, I first came to rooms for my drug and alcohol uh, addiction. And then uh, a few years later for, for codependency. So OA was really the last, uh, last house on the block. Uh, um, but I'm so grateful I finally came here and that I did surrender. I did work through the steps really fast. Uh, and uh, as a result of that, I got a spiritual experience and uh, the obsession was lifted from me. And today I get to live uh, life as a free man, uh, which is uh, such a blessing and, uh, and, and uh, such a joy. And I'm so eternal grateful for good sponsorship within OA for, for Big Book uh, and the steps and uh, the guys that I get to take through the program. Uh, and I need to work the program every day, uh, step 10, 11 and 12. Uh, and uh, when I do that, I I can stay stay in this recovered mind instead of the insane mind that I was in before. So with that, I pause. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joanne and N from Sweden, Rachel K. Hi, this is Rachel Kay, a compulsive overeater from uh, Northern California. Yeah, um, this in the second paragraph when he talks about the icy intellectual mountain, um, I saw a t-shirt uh, this past weekend when I was shopping, somebody was wearing that just had, it made me laugh. It said, uh, hold on a minute, let me overthink this. Um, and that can definitely describe me in many situations. Um, you know, it, it, later in the book, it says under these uh, conditions 
uh, we employ our mental faculties with assurance for God gave us brains to use. Obviously, we are not supposed to abandon our intellect. And, you know, I find in these rooms, um, 12-step rooms, some of the most brilliant, you know, smartest people I've ever met, I would, I would make a wager that they are smarter than the average person. Um, you know, addiction um, does not mean lack of intelligence by far, but um, I find in, in certain situations, you know, especially when it comes to spiritual matters, I have to let go of trying to figure it out. Um, one of my sponsees said something that was brilliant to me, uh, that God speaks to him in short declarative sentences. Like anytime I'm having an argument in my head, um, with someone, you know, when I woke up having an argument in my head with my mom because of a resentment that I have against her, um, for something that she texted to me yesterday. And it's like, no, but this is not an argument that needs to happen in real life. Um, you know, God speaks to me in short declarative sentences like let go, um, like compassion, um, you know, have compassion, um, that anything, any chatter, anything like that, that is not God given. That's not grace. That is me. That is my brain trying to get between me and a spiritual experience, trying to get between me and my higher power. Um, so that I see intellectual mountain, um, I'm so glad that in my life it has melted uh, for the most part and that I don't have to try to figure it out. And, I, you know, I've had people who have a problem with the, the, the spiritual nature of this program, you know, talk about their difficulties. And, you know, I believe very strongly that God is running my life today, um, that God has lifted me out of the misery, misery of years and years and years of being face down in the food, um, that God did that for me, um, you know, m several years ago by the grace of God one day at a time, um, that I don't have to live like that anymore, that he has lifted the compulsion to eat. Um, Okay, thanks. I'll wrap up. Um, if I'm wrong and I die a happy person, so be it. I'd rather be happy than right. So thanks uh, for letting me share, and I'll pass. Thanks, Rachel Kay from California. It's time for me to take more names. If you haven't shared on Friday or Monday on A Vision for You and would like to share on the second and third paragraph on page 12 in the big book, my friend suggested, give me your name and last initial. This is Larry K. Chuck K. Did I hear a Chuck, maybe? Chuck K. Or no? Maybe I didn't. I did hear a Leia S. Jolene D. Did I ask? Anita L. Phil M. F. Anita L. And who did I hear after Anita? Phil M. Who is it? Oh, Phil? Uh, Phil, yes. Phil M. Okay, I, I was told that there is a Chuck, so I'm going to squeeze Chuck K in after all. So this is the lineup, and you know what? There may not be time for you, Phil, but we'll see how it goes. Maybe if everybody could cut, like, 
10, 15 seconds off, there would be Larry K, Chuck K, Leah S, Jolene B, Deborah S, Anita L, and Phil M. Larry K, go ahead. Okay, thanks so much. I'm going to do some cutting here of my time. Um, okay, so, you know, what I read in these paragraphs is a belief, in, you know, we're talking about a belief in God, a belief in a higher power. You know, I've noticed that that people of faith in a higher power, you know, of one sort or another, they often seem to strive for absolute certainty in their particular uh, God's existence, you know. Either you believe or you don't. It's black and white or at least should be, according to many doctrines of, of faith, right? And the thing is, is I'm imperfect. I, 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 I just, there's going to be some doubt in me. And what's interesting to me is that by that standard, you know, it would be easy to assume that all atheists, for example, are 100% certain that there's no God. I doubt that's true. Or, conversely, that people of faith in God are 100% certain there is a God. And I, I find that probably is, is not true. See, it's often difficult, you know, for either the believer or the non-believer of some higher power to remember that we're all guessing, aren't we? I mean, is it, do, is, do I have such pride and fear to admit that, that I maybe on some level I'm guessing? I'm okay with that. Is it because of my prideful, fearful nature that I'm afraid to be wrong? See, surrender for me today is being okay with my humanness. And part of my humanness, after all, is doubt. Doubt in the midst of my humanness is not a weakness. It is no longer something for me to fear. I, I face my doubt with courage. Yes, I, I believe. Something happened to me. I, I don't know what happened to me exactly. <laughs> I just don't. This blabbermouth from Chicago, I don't know. But something happened to me. I'm okay with doubt today. It doesn't make me a bad person. I didn't know that this would work for me, these 12 steps. They're working today. I'm a satisfied customer of today. I can carry a message of depth and weight today, maybe, some days. So I'm just so grateful for everyone sharing with that I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Larry Kay from Illinois. Chuck Kay, are you there? I'm here. It's Chuck from Georgia. Good morning. And I'm a compulsive overeater. And the thing I was thinking about is I've got to make sure that I don't let all of these thoughts get in the way of the work that's ahead of me. Because if I remember... Uh, Bill went back to the food after this uh, little experience that he's had. And we learned later that the, the real difference in his life and where his recovery came from was the steps. And with step two, I got to be willing. That's all I've got to be because, and I heard somebody else say this earlier this morning, man, I can really spend a lot of time thinking about something like this. And... I have to feel a certain way and the stars and the moon and everything's got to line up for me to feel okay. And even then I'll question. And I remember that the steps of the helped me grow that relationship with a higher power that I really believe in right now. Because if I did believe in that higher power to the extent that was useful to me, I would, so I would have abused my body so much. 
And so I think the work is very important. And let that work allow God to show up for me. And so that means I've got to get out of the way of my own self because that's generally where I'm at. I'm in the way of my own self, the way I feel. And when I'm working with other people, I notice the same thing. You know, so much of this program is just stepping back and letting God have an opportunity to prove that there is a God personal to me that loves me just as I am. And when I'm able to step out of the way, really nice things happen. And then I have experiences that sometimes I can't even describe, but I know they've happened. And that's where my faith and my belief come in. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chuck K. from Georgia. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you so much for your service. This is Leah S. Recovered and very grateful in Brooklyn. These two paragraphs are so (laughs) significant to me because I came in uh, an extremely, extremely resentful and angry person. And... um, Right in the beginning of the book, it says, um, these are suggestive only. They're just suggesting things. So, you know what? Um, Okay, let me hear. Let me hear. I have an option over here. And um, as I went along, I came into the rooms, and I heard something that really pulled me, and that was hope. And I needed to let go of all of my prejudices and everything that was in the past. And I, I developed the uh, four concepts. And the, the, one is, the first one is love. The second one is kindness. The third one is tolerance. And the fourth one is um, acceptance. And I just want to hit on 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 the last two uh, of, of the, my um, my accepting uh, concepts, which is tolerance. God tolerates me, and I tolerate Him. Why do I tolerate Him, even in today's date and age, and everything that is going on in this world? Because because we do have this COVID, and you know what? In all that. I can still see that my abstinence gives me clarity of mind and that I am accepting and I am not only accepting, but I'm living with it and I'm good and I'm fine. And he, you know, whatever he does, that's his business. It's not mine. And accepting, yes, for sure, because um, I continue to do what I'm supposed to do in my own little four walls, you know, and, um, and, 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 and I'm here, and I'm here, and I'm in the sunlight of the Spirit, and I'm not angry, and it all has to do with my food. Because all of these things, whatever they are, as tiny and as big as they are, I used to eat over that, but I didn't understand it when I came in. I did not understand it. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you. Leah S. from New York. Jolene B. Good morning, everyone. This is Jolene B. from Rainy and Gray, upstate New York. Thank you for your service this morning. So two things come to my mind, and right now, If you've ever watched the movie Up, where the dog is always getting distracted by the squirrel, 
that's where my head is because there's so much going on right now. But the two primary things I'm thinking of is a long, long time ago, I had a business coach say to me, if you can't find your higher power or your version of your higher power, remember that it's the very best version of you. And that shifted everything for me. Because I understood that. I understood that the person I was at that moment wasn't the best version of me. I could be so much better. I could be so much more loving and kind and tolerant. And this was well before 12 Steps. And that's what I strive for. And as I strive for the very best version of me, and let's be clear, it wasn't beating on myself. It was an intellect within me that knew better. And we all have that. An intellect within me, which is spirit in my mind, that knew knew right from wrong, knew that loving and kindness and tolerance, there's something to that. And even if I had my doubts, and many people do, I heard someone else say, I think it was Brene Brown actually, said, so let's say there isn't a God, and you choose to believe anyway, and your life shifts as a result because you have this faith, who cares? So, so what if people think you're wrong or even you have your doubt, like Larry Kay was saying earlier? If your beliefs are getting you through, high fives to you. Same with folks that don't believe and somehow they're getting through, high fives to them. Remember, this is the version that works best for you. And you don't have to come into this. You don't have to on day one say, okay, there's God. I got this. I have to believe that check. No. Remember, this is progress, not perfection. The best thing that's ever happened to me is, is handling this daily, one day at a time, listening to this meeting, talking to people. That's how it works. So whatever your version is, if there is a struggle, the highest, most purest version of you, and listening to the voices on this line, I've heard so many little nuggets this morning, and I'm like, oh my gosh, because I have to surrender. Every day I have to surrender. I have zero control. I never knew that until I started listening to these meetings. So it's so much more than the food. It goes beyond the food in our struggles. It, It seeps into our lives in so many ways. And I think I am the best version of me right now than I have ever been. And I, I attribute that to this program and to these voices and to all of these things. And I guess that's where the up distracted squirrel version ends. And so with that, I pass. Thank you, Jolene B. from New York. Deborah S. And here I am. Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. My name is Deborah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Wow, this is very, very powerful, this meeting. And this, you know, why don't you choose your own conception of God? The truth is, I'm not very good at choosing things. You know, I chose wrong food by, you know, starting with my food. You know, it's like I had no choice in, in food. I can't. I gave up my choice years years ago when I came into this program because the food was controlling me and I had to make a decision and put down the food if I wanted to, if I, if I wanted to get better. And, um, so I, I believe that I always had, there was a God in me all the time, right? God was there for me. I've heard stories about God. You know, I grew up with knowing about God, but what happened here, this was like, like the others, others have been saying, I had to, it had to grow, it had to, I had to start believing it, you know, seeing it growing within me that to help me develop my, 
conception of God. And how does that happen? By showing up to these meetings and listening to people talk and hearing what their conception of God was. And I was able to draw from that and say, yes, I too can have that conception of God. And I love what the speaker said before that said, you know, think about yourself. You know, what qualities you want about you that, that you can bring that God, that you want to see in your God. And I know for myself, it's patience, tolerance, kindness, and love. I know that that's something that I work on on a daily basis. And it doesn't just come. It's something that I have to work at. You know, every morning I wake up powerless and I have to ask God to show me the way of patience, tolerance, and kindness, and love. And why do I show, ask him that? Because he is that. He is the model. God is my model of, of those qualities. And, um, and each day I have that opportunity. And, and each day, you know, my conception of God grows and grows as I grow further in this program and, and you know, do the work here. Um, and really, really grateful because it's an opportunity every day where I'm able to, um, to seek God and to seek his will. And, um, and that's all I have, and I'm going to pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Deborah S. from New Jersey, I believe. Mm-hmm. Anita L. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. Uh, I feel really privileged to be able to talk on this today because Without my higher power, I am nothing. Uh, I I thank my higher power for all that I've been given today, which is such beauty, such love, such inner peace through turmoil. Uh, I'm going through a very, very, very difficult time right now in my life. And the beauty is I am surrendering on a daily basis over to my God, to my higher power, to my sunlight of my spirit and my soul, which is what I choose to call my higher power. And I know that it will be okay because God has the plan and I am finally, finally surrendering and letting my higher power be the director and getting out of the way and trusting and having faith. And I think that that is a huge piece of why my recovery is just so deep today. I always, you know, well, I I came in, this is what I was thinking of saying in the beginning. It says, you know, why don't you choose your own conception of God? And I thought, well, when I first came into OA, I had no conception of God. I wasn't thinking of God. I just wanted to lose weight. I had about 25 pounds to lose at that time. And um, I knew nothing about a 12-step program, thank goodness, (laughs) or else I may not have stayed um, because I just wanted to get the weight off and then probably just eat the way I wanted to later on. But I've gotten... And I've gotten so much more. And I've learned to love myself because I saw others. I saw the glow in their eyes. I I heard recovery. I felt the camaraderie. I became one of those fellows and and made 
made the women in my OA group my friends and got a greater understanding of what it means to surrender and to let go and let God. And through the years, I am one whose journey has been relapse. Uh, and I believe that maybe because I didn't have this faith and trust that I now own, that is part of my whole being, every little speckle of my DNA. And that, I think, is the difference. And my higher power is oh. gracing me, thank you, with so much beauty today. So for people who are new, just hang in there. It can get better. Thank you. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Anita L. from Pennsylvania. So, M, you get three whole minutes. Oh, wow. Thank you, everybody, very much. Uh, my name is Phil. I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Carrick, Fergus in uh, Northern Ireland. And, um, yeah, so why don't you choose your own conception of God? This has been an awesome meeting and a thrill to be here and a privilege to hear everybody. Um, for years and years, decades, uh, food was my God. Um, in program, I find I have to be careful, do you know, because I can make a food plan, my God. Um, uh, I can make service, my God. Um, all these things are, are good, um, but it's, it's the real connection with God that is good. Now, the God I grew up with, I was very frightened of. Um, I think the repercussions in my life is that I'm very uh, anxious about male anger. I have felt dominated as a girl, um, submissive, um, of lesser value um, as a girl and a woman. And this notion has been reinforced almost everywhere in society that I look, although it's a lot better where I live than, than in some places in the world, of course. Um, my belief is, and people don't have to agree with me, that all genders were made in God's image. Um, at one point in my life, I rejected and even laughed at the idea of uh, a feminine God, but that was some time ago. Now I'm very much open to exploring that possibility, and I'm really longing. I'm finding some company. I'm longing for more company on that particular road. So finding resources around a divine um, God is is quite difficult. Um, searches, even on the internet, bring up very little. What I have found has been beautiful, and I'm delighted to be on the starting block. And I'm very excited at the prospect of this wonderful adventure, you know, into creativity and discovery and love. Um, a famous writer once said that it's a powerful thing to pray to God as God understands God to be. Uh, not a he, this is my me now, not a he or a him alone, but bigger, wider, all-embracing and delightful and totally beguiling, um, affirming of women and of every single person on this planet. Um, my step 10 train is a delight to me and it helps me to hear my higher power. Uh, God on a daily basis and I've grown to understand that God is not mad at me but God is totally mad about me and with that I'll pass and thank you for the privilege of sharing 
Thank you, Phil M. from Ireland. And that does bring us to the end of the time for sharing. So I want to thank you all for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, October 20th, 2020, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 15,579. That's 15579. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lisa H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Thank you, Rebecca. Lisa H. recovered in Tennessee. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.